Hey guys, Tyson Popplestone here and you're listening to the Relaxed Running Podcast. Uh, super excited to kickstart this brand new podcast with one of Australia's best ever 800-1500 metre runners, Luke Matthews. I was stoked to have the opportunity to be able to sit down with him and, and just find how Luke likes to prepare himself for competition. I think some of the really interesting points in this chat, especially for me, was just the psychology of performance, how he deals with um, uh, with the pain that inevitably comes with some of the races that we find ourselves in. I wanted to find out about training and um, what life is like for an elite level athlete. I, I think this is a really good chat because Luke has a great capacity to simplify some of the more complex issues around running and I tried to delve into uh, some of those themes with him. Um, Luke is, a, is an Australian uh, 800 metre bronze medalist from the Commonwealth Games just last year here in Australia. It was an incredible race. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to jump on YouTube and watch his uh, crazy kick for home. He's uh, he's run 145 for 800 metres. He's run 335 for 1500 metres. The guy can move. Uh, he's, a, he's a really interesting, um, a really well thought out kind of character and I think uh, to kickstart this podcast I couldn't have asked for a better guest so um, I hope you enjoy the chat as much as I did. Uh, so I'll get out of your way. This is me and Luke Matthews. Thanks for coming on. No, no worries. It's good to uh, it's good to have a chance to sit down with you. It's a, it's it's interesting man like the running scene's an interesting scene because as I said you're well, like eight years younger than me. So you would have seen me running around. I would have seen you running around as a junior. But it's funny how all of a sudden you run 145 or whatever you've run now and all of a sudden people my age start paying attention. Yeah. What's the journey been like over the last – how many years you've been running internationally for now? Because it's, um, it's been pretty fun to watch you do it. So 2014 I went to World Juniors. Um, wait, we're we recording now? Yeah, we're on. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I went to World Juniors 2014. Um, and then, so that was my first, like, I suppose, international competition. It's not, I mean, it's still juniors, but it was yeah. still, you got to, you know, wear the Australian vest for the first time. And then 2015, I started training with Nick and mm-hmm. then he took me overseas. I uh, went and did the American Altitude Europe that year, spent about seven weeks in Europe and raced a handful of times. And then, um, 2016 was kind of where I qualified, made the Olympics and I suppose like became like a what you call a professional athlete, I yeah. suppose, yeah. Yeah, it's, it would have been exciting starting to get the the chance to run around with Nick and, and the boys that were, were in his group. Is, is Gregson your age or is he a bit older? No, 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 Gregson's, he's 1990 born, so he's, yeah, he's five years older than me, yeah. Oh, so he's like a mentor in those early years to you, was he? Yeah, or, or yeah. That's so, what come about. well, like, I feel like for me as a, a runner coming through, like, the first person I looked up to, I felt like was Mushroom, like... Yeah. I was really hoping you were going to say my yes. name just then. <laughs> um, yeah, and of, and mm. of course, yeah. Standard. Um, yeah, so like, I feel like being an Australian, um, the person you look I, – I feel like even Americans looked up to him was, was Mottram, So Yeah. And then, uh, you know, around that kind of 2006, 2007 to 2008, um, not that I wasn't looking up to Mottram by any means, but started looking up to Gregson because – he was the guy. He was the young guy coming through, breaking yeah. his records, and then I met him um, in 2006, and kind of followed him from then on. And he beca- kind of became my uh, my like 
idol and inspiration running and then yeah by 2015 i was training with him so was it was it strange like when you i can imagine so motram too i'm i'm uh 32 motram must be pushing 38 39 now he's uh 1980 born so yeah okay 39 39 far out jeez yeah he's pushing actually i have to give him a hard time about that because he's once you hit 40 you he's not running too fast anymore but (laughs) i used to look up there i used to look up to him as well and it was really strange because later in my career when i was thinking far out okay i don't this isn't going, I'm no Lukey Matthews. Um, this isn't working as well as, as I was hoping. I started to train with his group. And it's such a, yeah. it's a weird vibe going from, um, just going from looking at these guys from a distance to sort of rubbing shoulders with it. How was that with, yeah. with Gregson and the boys that, and what Collis would have been around? Yeah, then? yeah. So I, I feel like I joined the group at a, at a really good time. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I t- officially joined it in February of 2015. Um, and, yeah, I <coughs> first session I I was I went down to Waverley Track and I started training with um I think my first session was with uh, Brett Robinson and Ryan Gregson yeah. so two blokes that I was good friends with but also, yeah. at, also at the same time two people that I looked up with and then yeah for the next uh, I trained under Nick for close to three years so for the next three years I pretty much got to train with those guys just about every session but um, at the same time yeah coming through there was um, there was Collis Birmingham um, there was um, people from like internationally uh, like Andy Vernon um, Mike Eckfell people like that and then um, I came through with this good crop of people like uh, Sam McEntee Stuart McSwain uh, Kevin Batt um, yeah there was just a I don't know I feel like tail end of 2015 through 2016 there was just this really good group of people coming through and um training was was made pretty easy to to just sit on the back of those guys and just just get it done what do you like what do you think it is about the the melbourne track club that in particular that just draws obviously the draw card of Bado and what he can offer his athletes yeah. is a is a really helpful thing but it seems even looking at your i used to hate looking at your social medias because i'd just sit there going oh fire out look at this like this yeah. is if i just ran 145 like <laughs> you'd be a part of a a, a really solid training group um but it looks like it was more than just running from a from the outside perspective. But you look like a good group of mates, yeah. and there was something else going on beneath the surface. Um, maybe. Well, yeah, I, I suppose the lure of of Nick and MTC to begin with is that you know there's not many people in Australia that get the opportunities that that, that those athletes do. Like, there's no one. Um, you know, if you're a you know if you're a three thirty one guy or you know if you're three thirty five and you know even three thirty six, you know. You kind of can make relationships with people where you can, you know, find a manager overseas and, you know, get into races and they can set up a training camp or whatever. But, you know, when I joined Nick, I was a 343 guy. Was it 343? Yeah, 340. I ran, yeah, yeah. So How three, old were you there? Uh, 19. So I ran, I ran 340 my first race in Europe just after I turned 20. So, um, so yeah, I, I joined Nick as a 147 or 148 and 343. And, you know, um, he said, yeah, I'll be able to get you in this race in Europe. I'll be able to get you this race in America. And it's like, you know, there's not many people, one in the world or well, definitely in Australia, but also in the world that can just give you opportunities and say, hey, we're going to, you, you're not that good at what you you're an all right runner, but I'm going to get you training with the best in Australia, yeah. and we're going to get you in some races overseas. So there's not many, not many people that get to do that. So yeah, he's the the opportunities that he presents and creates is, you know, it's it's unrivaled in Australia, I suppose. Uh, and then as well as that, the group is just you know it's 
there's 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 uh, in Australia there's there's um, that of, of course MTC don't win every race, yeah. but in terms of a collective, they do have the best athletes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if 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 you get a young kid that says, hey, do you want to go train with a Ryan Gregson, Britt Robinson, Stuart McSwain, um, Genevieve Lacars? You know, if you're just a, a a young kid who just loves athletics, you know, you're going to take that opportunity and you know take it with both hands. So, yeah. and then yeah, as well as that, um, like I feel like training with and with that group, it, I enjoyed my time on the track um, equally as much as I did off the track with yeah. those guys because you know they're all good dudes and you know like for example Brett, I I I was you know I feel like we were, he's four years older than me but I feel like we just had. Actually, we had very different different personalities, <laughs> but we we were uh, you know we we got along really well, and he spoke my twenty first. So oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. So it's like you know I feel like it was um, it was a, it was great for relationships off the track. That's so. really cool. He's one of my favorite blokes to follow on just any social yeah, media. I just I love his talk game. He's, he's good. Uh, yeah. He's my favorite one. What was it? He won. What's that road race in Adelaide? It's like a twelve bay. City to bay. City yeah. to bay. And. Uh, his caption was just like, I'm the winks of Australian road running. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's got to be good. He's a funny but That's exactly, that's the, that's the type of thing. Like, uh, we just we just got on really well and just stuff like that. Like, yeah, I just love that stuff. So. Yeah, and what about Big Stewie? He seems like a, he seems like he's breaking the mould. I know him from, so he used to train with Rod Griffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back up in Ballarat. And when I was training with him, he was 14. And I don't know if you know Jack Davies, but Jack Davies yeah, was... Well, they were... They were in, uh, so we're all 95 born. So, oh, yeah, so okay. I've competed against Stewie since I was like 10 or 11. And Davies, I feel like he was maybe a little bit later, but I've been competing against Davies since maybe like 13 or something like that. So, we, so like me, Jack Rayner, Jack Davies, Stewie, um, I'm trying to think, like Jake Burtwistle was in the triathlon and yeah. um, Morgan McDonald was a year below us. But like, yeah, we had this group of people that, yeah, have been. So, yeah, Stewie, like he, uh, you know, I've been competing against him since for so long, and he's been around for so long, and and now he's just this. You know, he's easily the best in Australia, but he's becoming the best. He's probably he's one of the best white guys in the world, and he's becoming one of the best fifteen five k runners in the out of anyone. Yeah, so. well, did you pick that with a bloke like Stewie? Because he looked, he's that kind of guy. I remember once I was running around Victoria Park in Ballarat, and I was just having an off run. Yeah, I was just, and he would have been twelve or thirteen. Yeah. And I was probably half an hour into an hour run going, mate, I just want to be at home on the yeah. couch. This is not this is not feeling great. And I saw Stewie in the distance just gliding along, just floating. And maybe, like, memories just inflated it a little bit. But I've got this memory of Stewie. And I remember looking at him that day going, that fire, he could actually move all right. Yeah. And it was the first – I'd seen him run a lot. But just in that place that I was at that day, I thought, fire out. Like, maybe there's a little bit there. I can say that with confidence now because yeah. he's run 331 and whatever. But if you if you ended up retiring, you would have said, ah, oh, no, I see why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, once again, been running against Stewie since for a long time. And if you had said when I was 14, 15 that Stewie will eventually be a 1305 runner and a 331 dude, mind you, he pr- but by the time this podcast gets released, he might have run bloody sub thirteen and sub three thirty. So if you if you were to tell me that uh, yeah he will eventually run three thirty one, seven thirty four, and thirteen oh five, I would have said you're absolutely dreaming. But on the you know that was him as a gangly, awkward looking yeah. fifteen, sixteen, you know even twenty year old. Um, but if you had said that he would be hitting close to those marks when I was training with him. So, you know, 2015, 16, 17, he trained at this like ridiculously high level where, yeah. you know, um, in the, the group the group of people when I was there, you know, Collis, Ryan, Brett, um, 
I'd say that Stewie was probably training better than those guys. Like, if we were to go do a really hard, like, you know, 5K, 10K type session where we'd do laps and laps and laps on the track, Stewie would be the last one to drop, yeah. you know. And um, these are – Ryan and Brett and Carlos, they're, they're tough bastards and like, they, they don't drop in training. But Stewie <laughs> would normally be there until the very, very end. And I just remember thinking, this guy trains at this ridiculously high level. You know, almost he was when I was there. He's probably, he probably used to train better than Brett. But Brett could make Brett made a when I was there. He made a, a world indoor final and an Olympic final. Oh but Stewie God. wouldn't even make the team. Wouldn't even qualify. For, you know, didn't even. I think his PB in 2016 was maybe 13:30 or something like that. So um, <clears throat> I was just thinking, like, you know, something something doesn't something doesn't like add up. Yeah. And then 2017, he um, had a couple of good races and he started to get that confidence. And then 2018, he just got this confidence and just thought, you know what, I am fucking fittest I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the best and then he just took his run into a whole new level so um yeah if, i think the the original question was would you have expected stewie mcswain maybe not 15 16 and then probably when around when he was like 21 22 i would have said i think he's underperforming in races and now i just think he's i'm not even going to say he's overperforming he's just, <laughs> he's just he's just he's just a beast like he's yeah like I like I I I uh, I'd be shit scared to race him. But like for example, like Monaco uh, Diamond League and London Diamond League when he ran the five k and the and the fifteen hundred, I was like genuinely excited to be like fuck. I'm like pretty excited to see what this guy can run. But he was running a fifteen hundred. That's my event. So like I'm like at the same time I'm like shit yeah. Like I want this guy to like break the Australian record, run sub three thirty. I'm just thinking. Actually, fuck! I got to. I got to maybe race that guy in the national fifteen final next year, or the you know maybe the world champs final. Like it's so, um, but yeah, he's a he's a different animal at the moment. He's just a he's a beast. Have you raced Monaco? Yeah, I raced Monaco in twenty sixteen in the eight hundred range. Yeah. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say there's something. It seems like there's something special about that track. If just you not in twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen was an off year. Yeah, off the street was anyone who ran there in twenty sixteen wasn't going to have a cracker. Yeah. But um, but Gregson ran his fifteen hundred Aussie record there, didn't he? Yep. And Deng ran his uh, eight hundred. Um, Bro, we got to get you back there. We Deng, get you Deng back and there. Uh, Alex Rowe both. Uh, well. Rowe equaled the Australian record, but Deng broke the Australian record both in Monaco, yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's interesting. We say 331, and what have you run for 15? 335. 335, but yeah. I reckon with your 800 metre speed that you've got, if you're getting the right race, there's... Yeah, it's, I think 1500, though, it's, it's one of those things where, like, the opportunity to run quick... That's true. It's, it's just... Uh, it's, 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 I'm not going to say there's, not, there's a lack of opportunity. It's just to get it right, and, you know, I think for... 335, it's like 57 and a half per lap or something like that, around that mark. To get that consistently and to be able to get someone a front run or pace a 1200 in, you know, to go through in like 253 or whatever it is, it's pretty hard to do. Like it, it's hard to find people that can set it up. So uh, that's why the, obviously the Diamond Leagues are, are really good because, you know, they have world-class paces and they have people that are there to run quick and to try win. So that's why you have all these people running ridiculous times. But in the races underneath, you know, some of the ones that I did in Europe this year, it's it's pretty hard to like get a race which is perfect for you as well. So it's uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, Europe didn't go as well for me as I, as well as I would have liked this year, but I'd like to think going forward that yeah, with a bit of my eight hundred pace and my I got a decent aerobic backing that I don't know if I'd run three thirty one, but I'd like to think that I'd probably get. You know, down to hopefully. Bro, I'm backing you. Yeah. I'm backing you. I'm not going to rule it out. Not going to rule it out. But I'd like to think that I'd probably be somewhere around that. Yeah, 32, 33, 30. Def- hopefully, definitely for 34. But 
A bit quicker than 35, hopefully. Yeah. 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 So we're back in, what is it now? It's August, uh, mid-August, and yep. World Champs coming up in about six weeks, you said? Yeah, so I think they start on Grand Final Day, which is the 28th of September. So yeah. I've got about yeah, a month and a half to go. Yeah, so I, we sort of talked about this a little bit before we press record, but I always find it interesting just looking at the way that athletes organise their European circuit and the lead-up to big events and um, some people like to spend all their time in Europe. Some people like to mix and match a little bit. But you've obviously come home for a couple of weeks break. So what's the what's the plans for you leading into World Champs? What are your what, what are your movements? Until um, yeah. So my plan this year was to run the fifteen hundred. Um, I kind of decided that pretty much at the start of the year. I I, I kind of it's weird. Like I want to I want to medal at the Com Games last year, but I always at the 800, but I always, and you know, I beat the Olympics for the 800, I've went to World Juniors for the 800, but I always kind of saw myself as a 1,500-meter runner, so I thought 2019 and then leading into 2020, I'll give the 1,500 a crack, and um, yeah, I ran a, it was weird, like my first 800 of 2019, I ran the World Champs qualifier and, you know, beat beat the Australian record holder, beat, um, you know, every 800-meter runner in Australia, pretty much. Um, I thought, shit, yeah, that's pretty good, and then uh, focused on the 1500 for nationals and won that. And I thought, all right, 15 is going to be, the, you know, 15 is going to be the, the one I'll focus on. And yeah. didn't end up going the way that I would have liked. Um, I missed the qualifier by 0.03, which is pretty annoying. <laughs> I would, I would go down on, I would go in on roll down, but, um, three people have the, have the qualifier, Stewie, Gregson and Ramsden. So I'm not going to be able to, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to go unless one of those three pull out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then I kind of suppose I had to lean on my backup plan of the 800. So I was fortunate enough to run that qualifier back in March. So um, I kind of made a decision in Europe that I was going to stay until I, my my plans were kind of changing when I was in Europe. And I originally said that I was going to stay in Europe until I run the time. Um, but then I got to a I got to a point where um, I was just I was just pretty cooked. Like not my body, I was physically fine. I was just mentally a bit checked out. And then I just said to my, oh, there was one more race on August 3rd and I just said to mum, I just go, look, like, you know, I'm like, I, I, I just don't know if I can keep running. Like, yeah. it's also, it's also one of those things. It's kind of, it's, it's pretty, like when you miss a time or something like that, it's pretty heartbreaking mm-hmm. as well. And you just like kind of like lose a bit of confidence and stuff like that. So I just said to mum, let's just draw a line at August 3 and then go home. Cause I was originally meant to go to Flagstaff, um, after Europe to prepare for worlds. Um, but I just said to mum, I was like, no, nah, I just, I need to come home. And uh, yeah, I ran on August three. Ran about three thirty seven. Didn't get the time, and then yeah, plans have changed, and now I'm focusing on the eight hundred. Yeah. So at the moment, I'm um, trying to get a bit of because um, when you're racing, you kind of lose a bit of fitness. So I'm trying to just uh, get my aerobic engine up a little bit, whilst yeah. also getting those fast twitch fibers quicker, and uh, trying to get a little bit quicker sprinting and hills and stuff like that yeah nice but let me rewind the clock just a little bit because i watched that 800 meter race at the start of the season just yeah. i think it was yesterday just to get a little bit warmed up for luke yeah. matthews today <laughs> can i say as impressive as the 800 meter race was the celebration was was a lot better <laughs> this is this is one thing mtc do well i reckon you guys seem to pride yourself on no, i'm pretty... not with them anymore oh well, okay <laughs> sorry but you're from that crop so i'm yeah. gonna say i'm gonna say from that crop i've seen some bloody good celebrations come out of what is it when you run one forty five as a season opener? I always I'm, I'm I'm super interested to speak to you about your mindset and things like that because I know as much as physical talent's a huge thing, it seems to be the best athletes who can somehow just commingle that that physical ability and that and that mindset. And I've I've seen you time and time again that eight hundred meter race, Aussie national fifteen hundred, just do both of those things. 
Is there anything in particular that I can imagine young athletes, I know me at 14 would love to hear from an Olympic athlete, just speak about preparing for an event like that. So to be able to step up to the track and just switch that mindset yeah. on to a degree where you can go, okay, it's time to fire. How is it? How is it that you prepare for something? Is it something that comes naturally to you or is it something that you've been working on for, for a long time to improve? Um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's never easy um, because I feel like anything that's going to get you that excited and that hyped up and has an emotional connection, you know, you're going to have a fair bit of feeling to it. So, you know, when you, uh, you know, when you really want something at the same time, you're going to be incredibly nervous about it and you're going to have a lot of doubt and stuff like that. So, you know, when I was younger, I used to be really bad with my nerves and, you know, I used to sometimes let it get the best of me. And I remember races back in the day, like little athletics, I was so nervous. I used to, uh, little athletics, like racing kids from Werribee, like, you know, just hot, like kids that, uh, you know, not that they weren't good, but just, you know, 10 year olds. Like, I used to like try hide in the toilets to like not run and pretend I was sick and this and that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I, I, I definitely used to struggle with like, you know, the mental side of things and the nerves and stuff like that. But um, I think for, for me personally, um, I, I, um, it's just, it's just a lot of practice, I suppose. Yeah. And I suppose it's trying to like, uh, outweigh the, the, the cons of racing with pros. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, why do I do it? And, you know, what do I want to get out of it and stuff like that. So, um, I suppose another thing as well is like, yeah, I've seen a, I've seen like, um, a fair bit of like uh, sports psychologists. So yeah. um, I speak to one through Athletics Australia and the VIS now. So I speak to him probably once every couple of weeks, once every few weeks. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think the biggest thing for me is I'm a big confidence guy. So if I'm racing well, training well, yeah. um, you know, and coach or mum's my coach, but if mum's saying, yeah, you, you're in good shape and people around me saying this, then you know, I feel like, I feel like I'm absolutely unstoppable. So yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things like before nationals, I was racing really well, training really well. And I just had this kind of mindset that I was so much better than everyone else. It's, you know, whether I was or whether I wasn't, I just felt like myself, I was better than everyone else in the field. And I kind of just, once again, I was still shit shit scared, nervous, warming up, not sorry, I wasn't like scared, but very nervous warming up and on the start line. But, um, yeah, I think I think in terms of like the preparation was just more doing things in training where it's like, yeah, shit, like, you know, you 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 did this better than anyone else probably would be able to or you did this session and, you know, you weren't able to do this a few months ago and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is just building confidence and, you know, if Nationals had been in January, I would probably would have, wouldn't have gone that great cuz I wasn't super super fit. Uh, I was I was pretty fit, but I wasn't as fit as I was at Nationals. I hadn't hadn't done it hadn't raced since com games and stuff like that so um but then yeah i had about two months to kind of get race ready and get my training in line and yeah I, I suppose there's not real like one answer which says like how do you get your like your mindset right but i think just um that's just part of being a professional athlete is just making sure that you get to the start line of every race being you know with that mindset that you're just going to be an absolute dog and give everything you yeah, can so yeah i reckon uh like when when i was younger i don't know if you were the same you'd look up to someone in uh, your position or another elite athlete and from the outside it just appears as though they've got it all together they're running fast they're living the life they're just doing the they're doing the things like your life would be perfect yeah um but i'm sure that there's certain challenges that are unique to an elite athlete that 
um, a lot of people who aren't in your situation probably have no idea about. Yeah. And I'd be interested, like, uh, without giving away too many secrets, like, what are a couple of the things when you go and see a sports psych? What are a couple of things that you'll go over and say, hey, okay, like, how can I improve this part yeah. of my mind? Um, I think, oh, it's, it's not really secrets, but yeah, I think one of the biggest things that the sports psych has said to my sports psych, or AA sports psych has said to me is that, um, it's it's like a it's it, he said it's a weird concept how um you know we we go to a training track uh, sorry we go to training and on the track and we prepare you know I'll be on the track for forty minutes and for for, for those forty minutes I'll be preparing how to tolerate lactic uh, getting ready you know building my aerobic engine and you know I'm I'm struggling to breathe my chest is hurting uh, you know I'll be ten reps into a four hundred meter session and. On my eighth rep, I'm getting, I'm fighting through lactic and, you know, I know that going through 200 meters, I'm going to be filled with lactic and my legs are tired. And, you know, you train to prepare to combat lactic acid or, you know, your, your tight chest or whatever it might be. But at the same time, you know, when we get nervous and we get anxious, our first reaction to it is, no, I'm going to, I'm going to try to push it away. Yeah. I'm going to try to push it away. So I think that the biggest thing that um, his name's Jonah, like the sports psych said to me is you have to invite that in. That's correct. You have to, you have to invite it in. And yes. the thing that he did for us, the thing that would, I know, I think he does it for a few people is he kind of, um, he does this uh, weird thing where he, he, he makes you give it a name mm-hmm. and he says, you know, so that anxiousness and that nervousness of a race, he, he gives it a name. So, you know, say, for example, you might call it the, I don't know, what's, just make up a funny name. I don't know. Um, Popplestone. The Popplestone. So he's like, the, the, the Popplestone's coming. Yeah. And it's funny because as soon as you give it, as soon as you give someone a novel way, it's like, it's like when you're, um, when you're competing against someone you hate and you, you, you say, oh, he's a, he's a bloody idiot. Yeah. And as soon as you kind of make it comical and a bit novel, yeah. it, it becomes less of a monster, becomes less of like a, a foe type thing. So he says, yeah, give it a funny name and, and, and invite it in and just go, yeah, you know, this is, this is the way I should be feeling. Instead of pushing it away and say, oh, I don't want to get nervous. Don't bring it in, bring yeah. it in and let, and let it actually not take over you, but just, yep. All right. It's here. Embrace it and use that to your advantage. So that's one thing that I, I think that, um, that he did for me. Um, I think another thing as well is he, he kind of just puts it into reality. Like he, the, the biggest thing I think for runners is, um, a feeling, you know, when you're when you're warming up for a race, you have this idea of how you should feel. You should feel be feeling amazing, poppy, like you know, f- fresh legs. But normally, when you're warming up, you're feeling shit out. Yeah. And he says, uh, he says, you know, no one ever gets an Olympic gold medal for feeling good. So don't worry about it. It's more his biggest thing is um, is competence over confidence. So instead of saying, oh, I don't feel like I can run three thirty five today, just say no. I I'm competent enough to run 335. I've done it. I've done it in the past. I've, I've ran it a handful of times. My training indicates that. So, um, yeah, that's another thing. Kind of like, I suppose, uh, I'm trying to think, like, not, not even like mind over matter. It's more like matter over mind, I suppose, mm. like, um, forgetting feelings, forgetting thoughts yeah. and actually thinking about the actual performance of it. And then he also puts it into reality. He just goes, look, for, for four minutes, you're going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Fuck. <laughs> like, you know, so for three for three and a half minutes of your life, you're going to feel a little bit shit. Yeah. And really, you're probably only going to feel shit for two minutes of it. So, <laughs> yes. so like, so like it's, just, uh, you just, it's, just, it's, just, it's just simplifying. I think when you simplify athletics, 
it becomes a lot easier. So yeah. I think that that's another thing like that I've 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 learned to do in racing and, and big races and stuff like that. Even at the Com Games, like you know, forty thousand people, all my friends are there, and I just had to think, you know, I've ran one forty five a handful of times. Like yeah. I. I just have to go and do that. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I really like that point about just inviting it in. Just yesterday, yeah. I was listening to a book by. Have you ever heard of a lady called Pema Chodron? No, she's I like a she's an American Buddhist teacher, yeah. and uh, I don't know. There's just something about the way that she speaks that I really like. And I was listening to one of her talks yesterday, and she was telling this story about one of her close friends who every time he used to go and get um, a blood test, he would faint. Yeah, and. Uh, it was something that he he said that this, he just knew without a doubt he was going to yeah. faint. Um, so she said, uh, like, okay, well, you faint every time you go and get a needle. Like, what do you what do you do? He's like, oh, well, I just try and stop it happening. I just yeah, try. exactly, yeah. And uh, she said, okay, well, next time you go, if you don't want to faint, yeah. let's let's try something different. She goes, uh, pay, get super super aware of the process and get really curious about that discomfort. Yeah. When you feel your body start to shake and the nervousness come in, start to really pay attention and go, okay, so this is the process towards yeah. fainting. And then um, before he knew it, he'd had the, like, he was paying attention, the needle went in, he's like, okay, sharp and pain, a little bit. Of, out. Yeah, the blood yeah. was coming out and then the needle was done and he finished and he walked away and he goes, ah, so my yeah. problem was I was trying to resist the inevitable. Yep. And... Um, Without going on too much of a tangent, I think this is an interesting subject that I reckon a lot of people in, in Australia, like anxiety in schools is a huge thing. And I think one of the biggest problems is we just assume that it's an emotion that's unnatural that shouldn't be there, yep. when in fact it's one of the most natural uh, and it And it shows that you care about something as mm. well. Like I remember when I was younger, I dad... Dad, dad was the, the one of the th- ones that used to say this to me and it kind of stuck me. You know, I used to get nervous and he just goes, well, it means you care about this. Mm. So if I, you know... If, if people aren't nervous before a race, when people say, oh, I feel great, no, nah, don't even worry about it, I feel like they don't even care about it. But if you see me before a race struggling to put food in, <laughs> struggling to get water down and stuff like that, it's like, all right, well, this fucking might mean something. So, yeah. Is it something that you do struggle with? Like before a race, how do you how do you go with nerves? Obviously, you invite it, you welcome yeah. it, you name it. But in terms um, of just training yourself to be able to go, okay, I need to get this food in, how do you overcome those? I don't know. I, I don't know whether I've taught myself to do this or whether it's – just thing that I do now, but I um I, I, I'm always thinking about the races. Like you know, I remember like national champs. Like I kind of was thinking out the final months in advance. Just that's just the way uh, that's just the way I am. I just always think about running and yeah. how I'm going to race and stuff like that. But I have this kind of like I suppose ability to not really get nervous until like a couple of hours before, and that's usually when I get to the track and I'm kind of at the warm up track and stuff like that. Um, so I feel like my nerves are only kind of present for maybe two hours or something like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I suppose that's the big thing. I kind of just take it on um, and I just say, all right, well, this is the way that I'm going to feel. Yeah. Um, I, I, I kind of like doing I, – I feel like I've, I've done other stuff in the past where in my warm-up, I whether it's – I don't know. I feel like I kind of used to do it almost to take the piss out of, like, my competitors a bit. <laughs> but now when I uh, warm up, I feel like I just like dance and sing along to my music and stuff like that. And it, it's kind of like a, 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 a – like a, a, a two-prong effect like one it kind of makes your rivals think oh fuck he's pretty relaxed and then at the same time when you're singing and dancing and stuff like that and you know just having fun listening to your music you kind of like not that you're still present in the moment but you kind of like not forgetting about the race just for a second and just just kind of like enjoying it so yeah i don't know it's 
it's yeah i i deal with it i don't know i feel like yeah when i was younger i used to show it now i deal with it really nice really well and um i think the biggest thing for me is i i, I usually warm up an hour before the gun goes yeah. and i kind of like that uh i kind of like that i went once i'm able to warm up i kind of feel like it's all in in my control and then the two hours three hours before when i'm a little bit nervous i feel like it's like fuck i'm just sitting around like i don't know what to do so yeah um yeah, I don't know. It's it's it's. I don't really know how to deal with it. I'm just kind of know how to do it. I don't, yeah. can't really put it. Can't really put a label to it. Or it's like such that. a it's such a unique or personalized thing, isn't it? Something I guess you could you could listen to a thousand athletes speak about. Okay, this is how you do it, and this is why you do it. But until you get out there and actually find like a little bit of a, a routine for yourself, I guess it doesn't quite click. But um, I heard Toby, Tony Robbins talk about what you just spoke about as well. That whole idea of dancing before your gun goes. I'm, I'm not going out, buddy. Doing it. No, like, no, just no. Kinda, like, having you know, a bit of fun, just relaxed. Like, because I just listen. Like, I suppose, like before race, I like to listen to either like rap music or like dance, like techno type stuff. So yeah. Just kind of like you know, just like jazzing along. Like to me the at the gym, yeah. essentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not going out and doing yeah, not going out and doing cartwheels. But yeah, just kind of as pro, you are at the gym, just like you know, enjoying the beat and stuff like that. So. Yeah. So not quite Michelle Janicki or nah, not nah, quite nah. Janicki. No, no, no. <laughs> No, probably not. Maybe a couple of celebrations similar to that, but no, no. Yeah, man. What about um? Like, are there any particular questions that young kids do come and ask you? I guess when they have a chance to meet a hero and um, it, it, like questions just would would shoot out of their their mouth as to you know, is there anything that stands out to you that um, people are curious? Oh, uh, it's actually a funny one. Whenever I've spoken at a couple of primary schools in the past, and they've. It was like after the Olympics, and they come up and they say, "Oh, so how many gold medals did you win?" <laughs> and I'll be like, "Yeah, not many." <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so um, I don't know. There's obviously a lot of like uneducated, not uneducated, but people. So, what do you think about when you're running stuff like that type of thing? But um, I suppose trying to like a, a similar one that kids always ask. Um, I don't know. I suppose just all like the stereotypical yeah. ones, like yeah, how do you deal with nerves? Yeah, and, okay. Um, you know, like even what do you eat before races and stuff like that. And I, I a common question from kids is, have you ever met Usain Bolt? Stuff like that. So it's kind of like, uh, have, but, you? have you met him? Yeah, I met, well, I mean, I met him. Probably, I met him at Nitro. And, yeah, yeah. And because uh, we were like and like stuff like that. But I mean, I've met him, but at the same time, he wouldn't even remember who I am. So. Yeah. I've shook his hand and said good day, and we've we've had a we had a chat at Nitro. But if he was to say, if you were to ask him who's Luke Matthews, he'd say. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I don't know, not 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 any particular ones, just kind of the yeah stereotypical ones. Yeah, how do you deal with nerves? And, yeah. Um, what do you do before a race and stuff like that? You sound like just in the conversation I've had with you for uh, you know twenty minutes or whatever. You sound like a, a like a pretty well thought out sort of logical kind of guy. Do you do you feel like you plan your training with your with your mum in, in quite a logical way? Like how do you come up with a plan that you guys are confident going to work and get you in the best shape? Um, well, yeah, I suppose it comes down to mum just saying, just having a hundred percent confidence in her and saying these are the sessions that we're going to do and stuff like that. But um. I don't know. I suppose leading leading into a into a year, we kind of think like six months in advance. That three three four six to six months in advance, we're going to say, all right, we're going to be here. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. So I suppose it is pretty logical. And you know, we have a we have a we have like a a plan of we're going to do this at this time, and we're going to be here for this, and we're going to go to Falls Creek here. We're going to go to Europe here and stuff like that. But at the same time, you kind of have to go with the flow a little bit as well, because you know during the week there might be things like. 
you know, I might pull up with a bit of a tight hammy or I might, um, a race might come up out of nowhere in Europe where we have to change training a little bit. And then there might be other days where you travel and stuff like that. So I think, uh, the biggest thing for us is having a, is having a, a goal plan for like six months in advance to, however it might be, but also being flexible enough to change it for whatever happens during that week. So mum's um, a mum's a mum's a type of person that likes to plan well ahead. So mm. she she'll often send me like a two month training program and I I'll be like, Yeah, I don't even look at it. But she's <laughs> but she's got it. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. So just you're allowed to rest easy knowing the fact that your mum's thought through it so well and so what did that transition look like? Because obviously, uh, as we said, you were with MTC for, for three years, did you say? Um, I was, well, I mean, I was technically managed by Nick since I was like 17 because he started getting me some gear when I oh, was, yeah. yeah so uh, I was with, had a relationship with Nick for like five years, but yeah, coached for for three years, yeah. Yeah. And then it yeah. just got to a point where, okay, you needed a, you needed a change because from uh, the outside, as I said, like you look in and I know social media is so... Uh, you know, it gives you a false idea of what's really going on. But from the outside, it just looked like, oh, fire out. Like, this is the ultimate group, um, as if you would leave that. And then I heard pretty soon Luke Matthews has, has left the Bedeau crew um, to, to go and train under your mum's sort of guidance. What what led to what led to that, um, that uh, decision? Oh, look, I mean, I'm, Nick Bedeau, he's, if, you, if you just Google his name, you, you can read a, a hundreds of stories, which probably don't paint him in the best picture. And... Um, you know, I had a great relationship with Nick for yeah. I'd, I'd say I'd say just just talking purely coaching relationship. Yeah, we had a great coach relationship for yeah. So two and a half, three years, however long it was, and um, you know, he took me to. I won two national championships under him. I won. I went to the Olympics for two events. Um, almost beat Radisha under him. Like so, we we did a, we did a lot of good that stuff. Was a good but night. I was there that night. Yeah, it was a, I had a very good night that night. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine how you felt. Yeah. I felt like it was a good night for me. Uh, yeah, so I mean, we had a we had a great uh, working relationship, um, and you know, but um, it just look. I mean, if anyone kind of knows who, you know, who he is as a person, he he does have a couple of bad sides, I suppose. And I think just the crux of the issue was that yeah, we just a lot of smaller arguments and fights and and disagreements and stuff like that but you know we just we just stopped getting along and I, I just got to a point where I kind of felt like enough was enough and I um I decided to leave him and look I mean if you you know uh, okay yeah um you know obviously at the time I was training with you know I was in Spain at the time I was training with uh, Ryan Griggs and yeah. Stewie McSwain um, Brett had Oh, Brett was injured that year, but I had this like perfect group of training partners. And if you had have said, you know, if, you know, I had a pretty much a perfect setup, but I just wasn't getting along with Nick anymore. And yeah. I kind of just had to say, you know, is it worth sacrificing the group, the management, yeah. um, you know, that, that really good team environment for, you know, for, to, to, for my own good, you know, like mental health and my own, you know, uh, I suppose, running career. Do I want to sacrifice that? And I felt like I had to. So, yeah, it just got to a point where we weren't getting along anymore and I felt like I had to had to move on, so I did. Um, and then, yeah, I, d- I dabbled with um, a couple of other coaches and then, yeah, I kind of – I because mum used to coach me back in the day and it, it just um, – we kind of just had a, had a chat and it was just like, yeah, I think that – I think that, you know, if, in terms of – Doing my, I, I just thought about the Commonwealth Games because Commonwealth Games was in about eight or nine months from when I left, and I just thought if I, if someone's going to get me to the peak of my powers at the Commonwealth Games, I thought it was going to be my mum. So 
I, I and I even remember thinking, you know, maybe I'll train under mum until com games and then maybe I'll find a different coach or something like that. But um, you know, I feel like I did more than I ever expected under mum in the twenty eighteen season than at Com Games. So I just felt like, you know, it would be absolutely silly of me to leave. So Yeah. Um that I suppose that's kinda how it happened, but um yeah, now I'm got a now I've got a uh, I'm training under mum. I've she's coaching Morgan Mitchell now. Morgan Mitchell's bloody taken the eight hundred meter world by storm. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think that uh I'm um I'm with one of the best coaches in Australia. Well, I'm I mean, Justin Justin Rinaldi might not hear in this, but I'm probably with one of the best eight hundred meter coaches in Australia. Yeah. Because <laughs> at the moment we uh mum coaches 50% of the qualified athletes for Doha. Is that right? For the, for the 800, yeah. Me and Morgan, yeah. Oh, is that? Yeah, so. Out, man. Yeah, so. So has that, uh, has, has just yourself and Morgan, I guess with the results, that's what I find interesting. Once results start to come through, Adam Diddick's a good mate of mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, He coaches Jess Tringove, obviously yeah. a number of other good athletes. Used and, to have Maddie back in the day too. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I just remember speaking to him and, uh, especially once Jess started to get like a little bit of a reputation and bronze at the Commonwealth Games herself, um, naturally people start to spark up and go, okay, there's something going on yep. over here that I, I need to know about. Do you feel like the attention has started to talk, turn to your mum a little bit and people have started to go, hang on, like there's there's obviously something there. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think I think it'll kind of tell a bit more in the next, I'd say, 12 months or so. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think Morgan getting results on the board was probably more reflective of her than, I suppose, me because, you know, mum's my mum and we have a great relationship. And I think that... A parent as a coach as a relationship is kind of a very it's a it's a different type of relationship. So I think a lot of people would have thought, oh, you know, Luke's only going good because you know, uh, Liz is his mum. Mm. Whereas now Morgan's getting the results on the board and saying, shit, yeah, she, you know, she she does know her stuff. So um, yeah, I think there's definitely been a bit more attention and a bit more respect to mum as a coach. Um, she's got a lot of respect. She's got a heap of junior athletes. So there's obviously the, the respect is there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, mum officially just took on Sam McEntee. Um, oh, really? Yeah. yeah so, nice. cause Sam's been kind of loosely training with me for the past, cause he, he left, um, Nick at the same time as me. So we've been loosely training together for the past two years. But, um, yeah, she's officially coaching Sam now. So Sam's an Olympian. She, he obviously sees that mum's a decent enough coach to get him to hopefully a Tokyo birth but um yeah i don't know it'll, it'll be interesting to see leading up to tokyo and then after tokyo kind of you know what how mum is kind of seen as a coach because as far as i'm concerned she's she's pretty fucking good yeah, <laughs> yeah there was yeah. doctor speaking for himself yeah um one of the things i was interested to ask as well is obviously so yeah you split with mtc but um with with such good group of mates in, in in that group did that create any tension amongst you guys or were you guys like do you still catch up with greeks and run with those boys or is it- uh, no not as much i mean it's 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 i, I was kind of i did um the podcast with um the inside running podcast yeah. with um brady and that and i just said it's one of those things it's it's like when you leave school like you know when you're in year 12 you see blokes every day and you, you have these really good high school relationships, but then you leave school and you go from seeing them every single day to once a month, once every few months, obviously the relationship is going to degrade a little bit. So, I mean, yeah, like uh, when I was with MTC, I'd see those guys in Melbourne three, four, five times a week. When I was in Europe or a lagoon, uh, in America, I'd see them every single day. So now when I only see them a handful of times every 
you know, every month or something like that. Obviously, the relationship isn't as good, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's it, definitely like I, I'm not going to say that my friendships with them are the exact same, yeah. but you know, the ones that I was close with, I still am, am still in mates with. Um, but yeah, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of different because I suppose yeah, Gregson. He's become like a rival now, I suppose. Yeah. Like at nationals. Well, I was gonna ask you. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, uh, so 2018, we raced each other in the Commonwealth Games 1500 final. I was dog shit that day because I was just tired from the 800. But yeah. that was kind of the. I, I reckon that was pretty much the first time we've raced each other besides Com Games since I've left. So yeah, that kind of fa- that that was pretty tense, and it, it I, I did feel like it was a. A bit of a showdown, kind of. Math- there was obviously other people in the race, but yeah. it was kind of a, a Matthews versus Gregson showdown, and yeah, it was pretty cutthroat and pretty intense. But um, yeah, I know it's just I just kind of have to remember that even though those guys, not not that it wasn't, not that it wasn't like that at the same time, but you know we're just going for the same spots now, and we're fighting for the same thing. So, um, but at the same time, still got a lot of respect for all the guys in that group, and and um, yeah, I'm still mates with them, but. It's just, uh, it's just one of those things. Because I watched the, I watched the, like I watched the whole fifteen hundred meter race, but I remember, I was curious just to watch like the interaction between you two after the race, and obviously it's in the middle of a battle. Yeah. Um, you've just finished. You're not necessarily up for a big chat, but I noticed there wasn't a whole heap of high fives and hugs going on after that. So I remember just thinking, I wonder, like I, I didn't know if you guys were tight or, yeah. or what the story was, but I thought even if you were tight, it's I used to compete just growing up with, it was like you when you competed against the guys at Werribee. It feels like the whole world. Yeah. But uh, one of my best mates, um, James O'Connor and I, we used to be best mates, though, well, we yeah. still are, but we're best mates competing each other in high school. Yeah. And I remember so many times just feeling fair. I don't think this relationship's going to last because yeah, yeah. there's just so much emotion yeah. that goes into it. It's a hard relationship to maintain. Yeah, it's well, look, it, like this is the way that I look at it. It's like obviously, the end, it's I suppose it's even a little bit with like people like Deng and Bowl for the 800 and Josh Ralph. Like, I think I think you know when I'm on the start line and I just want to fucking smash those guys because I don't. Well, it's it's different as well because I don't train with them and, and stuff like that so when I'm on the start line with those guys I want to smash them same with nationals you know I was racing Ramsden Gregson Rory Hunter wanted to obliterate them I just wanted to beat them that that was my goal but um I think I think that sometimes in Australia we get a little bit small-minded in the sense that you know you know I, ha- I have to go to nationals and beat Gregson or I have to be to go to nationals and beat Deng or whatever it might be but at the end of the day like you know World champs, we're going to be racing four Kenyans, three Americans, a handful of Europeans. So if we're wor- if I'm worried about just beating some people in Australia, I'm going to get absolutely spanked mm. when I go to world champs. So at the same time, it's, you know, it's just got to be, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Nationals might be intense for a couple of days, but you got to think bigger picture and think, yeah, well, if I'm just worried about two, two other Australians or three other Australians, well, Fucking hell, like, you're going to be pretty shit at world champs and the Olympics and stuff like that, so. I always find it interesting watching races, and I do notice quite a lot that um, countries seem to stick together in a race, and it's almost like they have an awareness of uh, where their where their talent lies or where their ability lies, so it's almost hard to convince yourself that, okay, I'm going to just, I'm just going to run against the Kenyans rather yeah. than run against Greeks and run against Deng or, or whatever, um, and that's one thing I've liked to watch about uh, Stuart McSwain as yeah. well, he's just... It's like he's he's racing the people that you just mentioned. Yep. He's no longer thinking, okay, I'm going to try and beat Gregson. He's thinking, all right, I'm going to try and beat Cesarek or Ingebrigtsen or whoever's yeah, exactly. flying around the track at that moment. Yeah, that's 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 why I think um, that's why I think like the biggest test for Stewie was going to be was like he ran some quick times last year, but I think his next once again like I feel like in this sport you always like kind of 
going for the next thing. Yeah. I think Shuey's next big test was, yeah, trying to compete against the best 1500 and the best 5K guys. And he's... He's holding his holding his own, and he's he's throwing his weight around, and he's showing that he is fucking one of the best. So, yeah, um, yeah I think I think I think yeah, Stewie's d- doing it the perfect way. He's not worried about you know like in that five k at London, there was you know Pat Tien and Brett Robinson in the race, Morgan McDonald, um, a handful of people, but. You know, he was worried about trying to beat Jacob Ingebrigtsen. So yeah. it's just like, yeah, he's, he's 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 an example. You know, Sally Pearson is another one. Like, you know, she 2017 she did our Australian season, but you know, she didn't really care too much about that. She was worried about going to London and beating the world record holder. So yeah, do, yeah. do you enjoy the lifestyle, man? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's it it does get a bit dry and boring sometimes. Like you know, when you when you're running at 9:30 and 5:30 every day. There's a lot of downtime in the middle, but I think you just got to learn to be bored and learn to kill time and stuff like that, which I've gotten very good at. So I've gotten really good at napping. I've really, got, <laughs> I've gotten really good at Netflixing. I've got really good at going to the coffee shop and having two or three coffees and um, stuff like that. So I love the lifestyle. Um, you know, I have very normal friends in the sense that a lot of my friends are tradies, yeah. footy players, uh, like sorry, club footy players, and. Um, and stuff like that and a lot of them have Sundays off and a lot of them you know don't have to train Saturday morning so when I want to go out and have a couple of beers on a, on a Saturday and stuff like that I, I better expect to feel pretty <laughs> shit on Sunday so um, yeah I like the lifestyle it's, it's different to a lot of the people that I hang around with but um, yeah I, I do like it and I, I think it's you kind of have to like you kind of take it for granted sometimes like I remember when I was overseas and I was I was running pretty Pretty average. Oh, I mean, I was still decent, but just average for my standards. Yeah. And um, I remember one of my friends just said to me, "He's like, Luke, like you just gotta, you just gotta chill out. You just gotta remember, like, you're in the middle of summer when we're all in Europe. Oh, sorry, when we're all in winter yeah. in Melbourne. You're in Europe. It's probably thirty degrees there. You're getting paid to run. Yeah. You, you don't have to do anything. I, I, I've deferred uni for semester two. You don't have to do a university. All you're there is to do is to sit on your ass and yeah. train. And I'm just thinking. And, and then at that point, I kind of just like got to relax a bit more and just thought, yeah, like let's let's go to these races, like you know, let's travel to the south of France and do this race and have a bit of fun, like yeah, just stuff like that. It's so, funny what gets normal, isn't it? Like probably yeah. fifteen year old you or fifteen year old me looks up at a at Olympian goes as we said before, like this is the lifestyle, uh, and and so quickly. Yeah, like what's exciting can can just plateau and it becomes the new norm. Yeah, um, and I think it's cool. I think it's cool. It's interesting for me to hear that because uh, far out, like it, it's like it's a lesson I learn over and over again. Like there's no such thing as okay, like now we've got the ideal life because it's like our, our, yeah, it's, our expectations are constantly. Yeah. And I'm sure there's plenty of blokes you look at that it's like oh far out. If only yeah. I could just bloody run three twenty eight, and then you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that, that was another thing as well, which I never, I I, I definitely took for granted was um was going to the Olympics like you know I when it's I suppose it's a it's a, it's a good and a bad thing um training with MTC because the expectation in that group is you're going to go to the Olympics and you're going to hopefully try to make a final or try to get a medal or whatever it might be and because I was surrounded by 10 to 15 Olympians training with them day to day going to the Olympics was it just felt like it just felt like a, another race. So when I was there, I was just like, "Yeah, I'm at the Olympics," and I ended up running pretty shit. But then I kind of, I kind of like got home, blended back into my normal friendship lifestyle for a little bit, and I kind of just like went back and I just thought, "Shit, like you know, 
I went to the Olympics for two events. I qualified at the age of 20. I went at the age of 21 and I went to the pinnacle of sport. But at the time, I'm just thinking, wow, I'm at this race <laughs> where I underperformed. Yeah. But then I kind of take a step back and I just think, shit, yeah, like, you know, I went to the Olympics. Like, so it's like, you know, there's only like. So do you have that feeling sometimes you look at your life and you go, oh, far out, I actually, I, I ran at the Olympics. Yeah, like, that's yeah. A, it's, that's it's, cool, man. That's it's cool. De- and it's definitely one of those things like just meeting like, you know, like I want to hopefully get into the, the business world one day. I'm doing like a finance major and. Just I've met met a handful of people and managers and stuff like that, and they they'll be like, oh, so it's it's just like oh, but go to I, I'm interested in them because they're a, they're in a you know a really high role in whatever it might be, and I'm thinking oh you know you this is what you do, and they're like no you went to the Olympics, and I'm like no no, no. so yeah it, it is uh it is it is um it is something sometimes where I just think shit like yeah I took it for granted not I'm not gonna say I took it for granted but it's one of those things where I'm like yeah I didn't really appreciate it as much as I did at the t- as much as I should have at the time yeah um and then at the same time it's like yeah okay yeah that that was something cool that I did and now I'm thinking hopefully I get to do it again maybe yeah. a couple more times that's awesome man that's really cool you mentioned your mates before I always love um I think it was the night that you yeah. was it you came second to Rudisha yeah. you were right on his shoulder. And what was that? Olymp- no, uh, World Champs qualifier, Olympic qualifier. Olympic qualifier, yeah, yeah. And uh, mate, that was a fair posse. That was a yeah. fair posse you had there. So tell me the story there. Like, I feel like it's not uncommon for you as well. I've seen a few of yeah. your mates at some of your races. Um, like I said, I've got a, I've got a, you know, I'm friends with a lot of athletes, and I've got a, yeah. I've got great, great mates in the in the sport of athletics. But um, yeah, I feel like on a day to day basis, like tonight when I go and watch the footy, you know, none of them are athletes, or none of them are track and field athletes. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I kind of started hanging around with a lot of those guys when I was like 11, 12, 13 years old and they've become my best mates and they've always, they've always, he's always been, oh, Luke the runner or, you know, yeah. whatever it might be. And I suppose you never really, you never really associate with athletics. You kind of never understand athletics until you go to an Olympic Games, I suppose. So, you know, if I say to someone, I've got the national championships this weekend, they're probably thinking, who gives a shit? Yeah. But when that when I say to my friends, "Oh, I'm hopefully going to qualify for the Olympics," it's like, "Oh shit, okay, I get that now." So, yeah, that was um, I. You know, I, I don't really. It's it's funny. I've I've done in the past. I've raced so many times in Melbourne, but I feel like now I hardly get to race in Melbourne. I only race maybe once once a year, once every two years in Melbourne. So now, um, whenever I'm in Melbourne, I try. I say to my mates, "Yeah, like get down." So. That was one of the. That was. I'm not going to say one of the first times. Because that was one of the times where all my friends. That was cool. Were at the race, and I, I just said, to, I, I didn't want to. I knew I was going pretty good at the time, but I just said, like, look, I think I'm a. I think I'm a decent chance to qualify for the Olympics here. I'm in a. I'm in a pretty good position. And yeah, they all came. They. Um, it was one of my mates' birthdays that night. So they, were, oh. they, were, they were all in the cans pretty early. Uh, and they. Um, and then yeah, they. Uh, they came and watched me and. Um, I remember I, di- I didn't think they were going to come. I don't know why, but I just I did, I I kind of was thinking oh they're not going to. And then I just kind of blocked it out, warmed up and whatever. And then um, I'm on the start line and I see 15 of them right there, like at the you know literally at the finish line. I'm thinking Jesus Christ. And then yeah, ran well. I didn't even know what time I ran when I crossed the line. I knew that I was I saw Radisha ran 44.7 and I was only a couple of steps behind him. And I thought yeah, well it's definitely under 146. And then I ran straight over to them and and then yeah, it was in- incredible. But um. Another good one as well was uh, they've come to a, another couple of races as well, but another decent one was um, I remember Commonwealth Games, the 800 meter final was on a Thursday, and a lot of my mates play footy on the Saturday. Yeah, and um, 
I uh, it's not that I ever brought it up as a conversation, but they were just they all of them said all of them said no, nah, we're not coming, we're not coming, can't get time off. Um, you know, we got footy on Saturday, blah blah blah. And I was thinking, oh shit, like not not that I really care, but I'm just thinking, <laughs> oh okay, like you know, none of them are coming, whatever. And then um, I remember I did my last hard session at Runaway Bay, and I got put in this private group message with about I think there was about eight or nine of them, and I just go, Luke, like we've been taking the piss. We booked tickets months ago, so we're all going to be oh. there. And I'm just thinking, like, I remember <laughs> just looking at that. I was going really well, and I thought, you know, I at that time I thought, yeah, I'm, I, I reckon I'm a chance to win. And I remember just thinking, holy shit, like, I did not, didn't, didn't, expect, yeah, I didn't even know what to make of it. So got this text from my mates, and they go, yeah, we're all, we're, not a chance. We're going to miss you on Australian soil run at the Com Games. I'm thinking, far out. So oh. then, yeah, and um, they all came, and I remember, I remember they, um, my mate called me and just said, look, like. You know, it's no pressure. We're going to be, we're, you know, don't feel pressured to make the final. We're just, we're going to be, and I was like, mate, I was like, if you are getting tickets to the fucking final of the Com Games, <laughs> you honestly think I'm not going to make it. So I, uh, yeah, I ended up making it. And then um, I remember they, they all called me on the way to the race. And one of my mates said, we're at, we're, this is where we're going to be. And it was like at the 50, 50, 60 meter mark on the front straight. And, yeah. um, around my race and didn't know where anyone else was in the crowd didn't know where my parents were family were but I just knew where they were so I ran straight over them had a big moment with them and then my other friends were on the back straight that same group of friends but they were split up yeah saw them and yeah it was just what was that like man what was that like this is a like that's obviously the highlight or one of the biggest highlights of the athletics career just to like we to win a bronze medal at the Commonwealth Games is a is a crazy achievement to to see the race where you did it yeah um and the risk of like you've been asked this a thousand times, but it is it's such an interesting it's such an interesting question. Like to come from so far yeah. behind, what has gone through your head there? Because with two hundred meters to go, you're like, ah, oh, bugger, Luke, he's out, he's um, and then with forty meters to go, hang on, yeah. <laughs> what, like what happened um, there? So yeah, like I th- going into the race, I um with how racing and training had gone, I I honestly I can hand on my heart say that I thought that I was capable of winning the race and um. You know, I thought that I was in a I was in a position. You know, when I the way that I run my eight hundreds is, I feel like it's I don't I don't have a I'm not quiet about my tactics at all. Like usually with two fifty to go or something like that, I'm try to, you know, put a bit of a gap in the field and go hard because that's just strength. So, um, yeah, I thought I, I said uh, spoke to mum and the tactic was the to try you know get up in the first couple and then. 200, 250, 300 to go, get after it. So I, um, on the back straight, I tried to get after it. And at the same time that I went after it, the Nigel Amos and the Kenyan accelerated at the same time. And I think at that point when I didn't make the moves that I wanted to, I just tensed up a little bit. Yeah. And once, once you tense up in a race and you don't have that natural flow, you can go backwards pretty quickly. And I've learned that out pretty, pretty, the hard way at Com <laughs> Games when, you know, I was in the I was in the box seat. I was right on Amos's sh- shoulder, and I was then I moved back to third, to fourth, to fifth, and then um, I got to the top of the straight, and I kind of just had this like, I kind of just had this like microsecond like set thought. I just thought, fuck, like you know, I've put like me, mum, dad have put in all this effort to get here, and you 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 might come last. And I remember at that point, I pretty much just relaxed. And then I passed one person, passed another person, passed another person. And then before I knew it, I passed the person who was in third and got myself into third and crossed the line. 
And it just kind of all happened so quickly that I kind of didn't really get to appreciate it for just a second. And I was like, you know, what the hell's just happened? And then I'd look up in the scoreboard and the, the official results had come up and I'd, I'd come third. And then, and then, yeah. So, I mean, the race itself was, you know, something I hope never happens again in the sense where I tighten up and loosen up and almost start choking. Like mm-hmm. it looked like I was about to choke a race and come last. But, um, you know, to come third is, yeah, one of the greatest sporting achievements, one of my greatest achievements in sport to, to date. And, and then not only one to have my mum as my coach to share that with my, my family in the crowd, um, all my, co- like a few of my cousins. And then, yeah, my best friends in the crowd. And then all of, essentially all of Australia watching pretty, um, yeah, I mean, if I could like somehow replay that, say two hours of, Warming from warming up to the hour after the race where I got to do the the victory not the victory lap the the lap with the flag in third and see my friends if I could somehow replay that moment again I'd I'd love to Jeez. do it because it's uh, yeah that was like that the next like couple of hours after the race were just yeah just incredible I was at a wedding reception and I remember leaving to watch it on my iPhone. And I just walked in like with the, I felt like I was strutting. <laughs> and my wife goes to me, what's up? I go, That's, it's running talk. You wouldn't yeah. care. She goes, oh, tell me. I go, oh, Luke Matthews came through. Yeah. And, uh, mate, I, uh, I, I can only imagine what that feels like having everyone you love in that stadium after one of the best races of your life to date. Sure, there's plenty more to come. But, um, yeah, that was, a, that was a special night, man. That and was... another cool thing as well was, um, you know, I, like – if you go to a, a world champs and Olympic games and stuff like that, and I think the coolest thing, the coolest thing about the world champs was I remember they, um, they introduced like Mo Farrell, they introduced, um, Jake Wyman, like British athletes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so they said Jake Wyman over this stadium and the whole crowd just went crazy. They didn't, they didn't care who it was. They just knew that it was a British athlete and they were about to compete yeah. and they just went crazy. And then I remember in the warm up, uh, not the warm up, the heat, sorry, they uh, introduced me and the crowd was just, so loud and then in the final they introduced me again and I was la- I was lame one so they I got introduced last and it was like ridiculously loud so just like just the sound of knowing that you know the people might not know who you were but knowing that people that that sound was for me or well there was also Deng in the, Deng was in the final too but knowing that that sound was for two Australians was just incredible yeah it, honestly I like I really struggle to think that I'd get an experience similar to that. Like even if I just say if I do the the best I can in Tokyo and I, I win Olympic gold, I mean I'm sure that the emotions will be incredible. But everything connected, like yeah, it's pretty it's pretty pretty hard to top that and even to speak about it and give it justice because it was uh... got goosebumps for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah, I reckon the only uh, it's a it's a crazy experience, especially to have that opportunity in Australia. Do you watch Motrim in two thousand and six? Yeah, I was in the crowd. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was the same kind of thing. Were you, did you watch his five k? Yeah, yeah, I was in the crowd for the the fall and oh. the and the five k. So yeah, well, there's two separate roars. I remember. When Motram took the lead with about seven hundred to go, yeah, in the five k, yeah, that roar was like obviously not the same as the start line, but I remember just his energy in the crowd was like hundred thousand people as well. Oh, so, so bro, du- double and then some two, to, well, one and a half times what Com Games had, Mate, uh, yeah, Gold Coast had. So Mate, yeah, no, just... that's unreal. That's unreal. And uh, last couple of minutes, you're, you're getting looked after by Under Armour now, yeah. which is um, to me. Awesome, but also hilarious because I associate Under Armour with The Rock. 
Yeah. Uh, which is like I'm not saying bro, you you rock a good <laughs> physique, but the rock would be in arm wrestle. A lot. So yeah, is this a new is this a new kind of thing that Under Armour's doing? Or have they got a few athletes um, under their under their under their wing? Yeah, so it's it's definitely uh well I mean I, I've definitely learned a lot more about Under Armour in the past you know, six months than I ever knew about Under Armour. Because, um, you know, my association with Under Armour was, you know, Anthony Joshua, boxing, The Rock, yep. wrestling and movies, and then Steph Curry, Joel, Joel Embiid, stuff like that. So my association with Under Armour was never athletics. But, um, yeah, their, 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 their priority going forward is to make running or to, to make run their, their number one priority. So um, professional. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. So obviously, there's you know they're not going to turn their back on basketball and football because nah, sure. they're that's the reason why they're the third biggest company in the world. But um, they're the third biggest company in the world. Yeah. Like that, the, once again, another holy another, crap. Yeah. So um, so yeah, like uh, their, their their priority going forward is to is for run. So yeah, they're starting to they've got, they're starting to get a, a a pretty big team of um, professional professional runners. So um, I signed with them officially in. I think it was about June, um, and then they've recently signed Morgan McDonald because me and Morgan, nice, yeah. me and Morgan have the same manager, um, and then as well as that, they've got um, Aisha Prout who won the Commonwealth Game Steeplechase. Um, they've got Rachel Snyder who's uh, she'll be going to the Doha for the five k. Um, there's Pat Casey. There's there's a handful of athletes, and yeah, there's probably about I'm gonna I'm gonna say about ten pro. Oh, maybe a bit more. Maybe ten to fifteen pro Under Armour runners now, and um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's still pretty new in terms of professional running. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm hoping that, and it's also very new to have um, Under Armour in Australia because I feel like they've just got a big American presence. So, yeah, yeah I'm hoping that yeah, because I am Melbourne based and I do a lot of training. Hopefully, I can. Get some uh, young kids to be buying shoes and. <laughs> nice. Um, Does your manager look after many other Australian athletes? I know Morgan McDonald's. Yeah. He's based in the states, isn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. So he's just finished college and he's going to stay with his college coach. So yeah. he he won't be in Australia too much, just to see his family. I'm assuming for like Christmas and stuff like that. Uh, but um, my manager looks after. Um, so my manager works for a company called Total Sports, mm-hmm. and then Total Sports essentially have two managers and there's. Um, Stephen, my manager, and another guy called Chris. Who, uh, so from Australia, they have uh, Jessica Hull, who mm-hmm. just signed with the Oregon Project. Uh, they have Georgia Griffith, um, Madeline Hills. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Jenny Blundell. Yes, yeah, so they got a, they got a few Australians, and yeah. hopefully, it's going to get bigger and bigger. But yeah, yeah it's. Um, and so yeah. does, does your manager, he gets you into the races as well? Or yep. is he make, okay, yeah. so he's not just looking after the money and the gear? No, 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 yeah. So, yeah, he organises, yeah, so like, you know, if I want to go to, if I want to go to a training camp and he'll organise accommodation and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, Europe, he organises all my accommodation, my travel, my going to races and, yeah, so um, but that's why we pay him 15%, so. Yeah, beautiful view. <laughs> he gets his little cut. Gets yeah, his little so cut. every, uh, yeah, every, uh, Fifteen percent for management in athletics is pretty standard. That's what that's what Nick had. That's what that's what Total Sports have. So that fifteen percent um, means that yeah, you're paying them, but you're paying them to look after your all your affairs, to get you into races, you know, contract negotiations with Under Armour, you know, my past negotiation with Nike and stuff like that. So. Yeah, sweet man. I mean, just before we wrap up, what do you uh, what do you do when you're not running? What do you? I know you said you're watching a bit of Netflix and. Um, you watch a bit of footy. Are you heading into the game tonight, are you? Uh, I'm not going to head into the game. Um, I'm 
I'm probably just going to watch it. No, I don't, I don't Who's know. Playing? Who's playing tonight? Um, I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah. we we'll have to Google that. Um, is it Melbourne-Sydney maybe? Yeah, anyway, I'll probably go watch that with mates. But yeah, in my spare yeah. time at the moment, depends where I am. Like, when I'm in Melbourne, I, um, yeah, I try to just see mates during the day, nap, Netflix. I love but, the nap part. It's yeah. Like, what are you watching on Netflix? Um, I'm just, I, oh, I was gutted, but Animal Kingdom uh, wasn't available in um, Belgium, yes. where I was living, so I've had to catch up on the new season. Dude, I haven't um, even heard of it. Oh, it's just a yeah TV series. Um, it's based off an a, an old movie, which like um, what's his name, Joel Edgerton. Edgerton used to be. Okay. In. So yeah, it's kind of that's the that's the inspiration for it. But now it's got four seasons. It's, it's essentially one of those typical, you know, crime empires with you know, drugs and oh, you know, dude, stuff like I'll that. Oh, dude, I love yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, catching up to date. I think I got. I think I'm up to date now. Um, other Netflix. Yeah, I don't know. I just try to binge with Netflix. Just have you got Stan? Nah, but I feel like I've got way too many subscriptions. So. I've got too many subscriptions <laughs> yeah. as well. If you get it, and for anyone listening, Perpetual Grace. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do yourself a favour. I've got too many subscriptions as well. Um, but, yeah, spare time. A lot of, I don't know, a lot of nothing. Well, when Usually I have uni on, so, yeah, the third, second semester, so I'm, I'm not worried too much now. But, yeah, usually I do three semesters of university, so I'm usually plugging away in some notes or assignment or yeah. – um, on some group assignment or a group call. Um, Any little ladies the athletics world need know, needs to know about? <laughs> no ladies. You it, stop it. Still a bachelor. Still Far yeah. out. There's not know. too many good... I reckon you've got the title best looking middle distance athlete. <laughs> I reckon you're going to have Definitely to watch not. yourself. There's Stewie McSwain's running around at the moment. Yeah, Stewie, he's a good looking unit as well. He's a good looking unit, but I reckon I reckon you give him a run for his money. Yeah, well, he's... Uh, <laughs> we, if, when girls have speed goggles too, he, he, he covers me there as well. He's a 331 guy, so <laughs> yeah. I can't compete with that. Uh, no, nah, no girl. Um, I'm not even on the home straight yet, so I don't know. I'm lucky I'm married, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, no girls at the moment. So, I oh, know mum... Mum keeps harping on saying that I need to get a girlfriend and calm down and, you know, chill out and, you know, quiet down a little bit. But um, yeah, not for me. At well, it's at Luke Matthews with one T, ladies, yeah. if you're interested. I reckon uh, I have a couple of little looks through these pictures and they'll be, they'll be signed up, no worries. Oh, well, yeah. I'm a married man and I was half tempted to buy you another coffee. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm getting treated. Yeah. Oh, bro. Well, Lukey Matthews. Hey, mate, thanks for your time. That was I, Honestly, I could talk to you all day, but I'm going to let you go so you can go home and relax. But um, I really appreciate it, brother. Nah, thanks for having me, mate. Awesome, man. That was good. <laughs>